0: And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network, also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page with Denny Thompson, the hacker Ryan Green with you. Florida, a 29-21 victory over Kentucky this past Saturday, 3-0 on the year for the Florida Gators, although the victory, Denny, did not come without a hefty price as Felipe Franks dislocates his ankle, and is gone for the year. There's a lot of angles to this. There's certainly a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> First and foremost, let's just talk about the injury itself to Felipe Franks. You were a guy that admittedly at the start of the off season, was not very high on Felipe. More people you talked to going down to Gainesville. You became higher and higher thinking Felipe was going to have a great year. And then lo and behold, what, 10 quarters in to 2019, Franks' season is now over.
1: Yeah, it's not the people I talked to, it's what I saw, really. I mean it's, yeah, you're right, it's a combination, but um I was able to see a lot of Felipe this off season and just kinda see not just how hard he was working at leadership and stuff like that, but how much he put into the weight room, um, things of that nature and and you know, listen, I get fans are fans, I see the comments, um about you know Felipe's injury and all that kind of stuff, but listen, you guys got to understand how hard these guys work, and it's heartbreaking. I don't care if it's Felipe, I don't care if it's Florida, I don't care who it is, I don't care if it's somebody for Tennessee or Florida State. It is heartbreaking uh, when one of these guys go down, especially in that manner, you know. And and, and you know the pictures that people were were showing of uh, of the ankle, brutal. I mean, just it's a it's a it was a terrible injury. Uh, so I hate to see that for, for Felipe Franks, and, uh, and hopefully uh, he can recover from this.
0: As always, today, today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians, providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialists in Riverside, Ponte Vedra, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. I wrote a story on 1010XL.com yesterday kind of talking about the swing of emotions on Saturday night. You go from feeling absolutely horrible for Felipe Franks, which I think everybody does, regardless of what you think of Felipe as a player. If you didn't like his antics talking into the camera, if you didn't like some of the things he did on the field, that's all fine and well. But Felipe the person. Nobody deserves to have an injury like that. Obviously, it's going to be a long six-month-plus rehab. It's a terrible deal. So you go from that emotion... But then there was part of me that thought, wow, what a moment for Kyle Trask. Here's a young man that was a backup in high school. Here's a young man that got four scholarship offers. Florida, Houston Baptist, McNeese State, and Lamar. Mm -hmm. Here's a young man that got beat out for the job but still battled and competed. A young man that last year was given the reins after Felipe got benched only to break his foot in practice and never get that opportunity to start. And now here we are, three years after he arrives in Gainesville, Kyle Trask kind of being given the keys a little bit to the Gator offense because of the injury to Felipe. So a total swing. Feel horrible for Felipe. i got to be honest, felt pretty good for Kyle Trask. Oh, it's
1: it's an amazing story, man. It's it's a great story. Um, not just that he here he gets his opportunity, but the way he took advantage of the opportunity, uh, how quick he was delivering the ball. Like, I mean, it, it was like, for a guy who hasn't really had any significant playing time in, I don't know when. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows when?
0: A lot of garbage time. Mob yeah, up duty. E-
1: even in high school. Yeah, for the most part, for a guy to walk into that environment, into that situation, and and perform the way he did, man, that's that's it's amazing. It's awesome, um, and it is a it is a great feel good story for Kyle Trask. Now, I've got a question for you though. Were you surprised? when they ran Kyle Trask out there instead of Emory Jones.
0: And that that was the question. I think I even put it on Twitter. What are they going to do? Is it going to be Trask or is it going to be Emory? Uh, Yeah, I was. I was was surprised it was Trask and not Emory because I think the main reason I was surprised, Emory Jones was Dan Mullen's guy. Mm -hmm. Dan Mullen arrived at the University of Florida. One of his first pieces of business was going to the state of Georgia and getting Emory Jones to flip from Ohio State. Kyle Trask was a Jim McElwain guy. And that and that alone made me think, well, Mullen will probably turn to his guy here. Let me ask you, and you you have personal interaction with a lot of the guys in Gainesville, people in the know, how surprised were you it was Trask instead of Emory?
1: I was floored. Yeah. I was legitimately floored. Um, I'm sitting in my living room and watching this game, and this is a this is maybe a conversation for another day, or maybe we can dive into it now, however you want to do it. This injury – has so many different webs to it now
0: for and, the future. Well for the future, right. Felipe maybe comes back next year now.
1: Man, there's so many things, some of which I, I won't discuss publicly, but but let's just take what's there now. Uh huh. Is what does Emery do? Yeah. Like like in this and I want to get to this Kentucky game, but I just, just y'all think about this for a second. Felipe goes down, he's gonna get a medical red shirt which is going to give him two more years, right, instead of one. If he wants them, he may need them. Everybody thought he was going this year. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody thought he was going this year. All right? He goes down. They put Trask in instead of Emory. Emory is a redshirt freshman. Right. What? Anthony Richardson's coming in. You've got two years left with Felipe. And, by the way, even if you don't, want, if you want to move on from Felipe – I know Dan Mullen well enough to know he ain't that kind of guy that's going to tell Felipe, hey, after all this rehab, we want you to transfer. Now, Felipe wants to do that. He can graduate transfer. But I don't – let's just live in the moment for a second. What happens?
0: Well, and let's be honest, too. Gator fans are smart. I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm not even – you don't even have to address this if you don't want to. But I've had three different people come up to me in the last 48 hours. Gator fans are bright. Mm Mm-hmm. They know what's going on at Auburn. They're not dumb. They know Joey Gatewood didn't win the job. They know Joey Gatewood's from Bartram. They know Joey Gatewood would look phenomenal in Mullen's offense. They were connecting the dots before Felipe gets hurt. And again, we're not going to comment, I don't think, on a guy that's on another roster right now, but – what, if anything, would this mean if Joey Gatewood was even contemplating transferring here's, to the University of Florida?
1: Here's what I will say, and and for those watching that don't know, I have a personal relationship with Joey. Right. I, I, we, I,
0: we have to remind people every week, Denny is...
1: a train quarterback,
0: Trains quarterbacks here in the Jacksonville area, but really goes all over the southeast region, all over the country. Does a great job with his six-points passing academy. And I,
1: I have trained Joey since Joey was in ninth grade, and Joey is like a son to me. So, I mean, Joey is... is about as close a relationship as, as you can get in this, this training uh, business. Um, here's what I'll tell you, is I don't know what Joey's going to do because Joey doesn't know what Joey's going to do. And 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 my advice has been to Joey, and, and, and to Joey's credit, he is, I didn't even have to give it, was don't transfer once you lose the job. Let things play out at Auburn and see how it goes. And that's what's happening. I think anybody that's watched Auburn, has seen the value that Joey brings. Um, But to your point as far as let's take it away from Joey for a second let's just talk in generalities, is if you have Felipe Franks coming back for two more years, it affects recruiting. Yes. It affects graduate transfers. It affects it all, period. So it's going to be an interesting couple of months and then you've got the bigger question, which is, is Tresk any good? We still don't really know that.
0: Well, and now let's circle back around. By the way, if you want to shoot us a comment here on the Facebook comment section, feel free to do that, Gator fans. Again, with Denny Thompson, the hacker, Ryan Green, with you on Gator Bites, as always, presented by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. It is um, Southeast Orthopedic Specialists, the se- specialists in Northeast Florida. They are the premier orthopedic physicians. Listen to Dr. Kevin Murphy, the good doctor. Kevin Murphy on Thursday mornings here on 1010XL and with Denny and I under the Friday night lights. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is located Riverside, Northside, Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Let's go back to Commonwealth Stadium. Let's go back to Lexington on Saturday night. It's 21 to 10. Florida fails on fourth down. Felipe Franks gets hurt. Ah, uh, there's, you know, one quarter to go you're thinking it's probably over. In comes Kyle Trask. And he was doing his thing, man, coming in off the bench cold, going 9 of 13 for 126 yards, getting Van Jefferson involved. Uh, Obviously, Trevon Grimes had an impact as well. Uh, what, What I saw to Kyle Trask I really, really liked. But you tell me, you're the guy that trains quarterbacks for a living. What was your thought not only on what Trask did Saturday night, what you feel Trask can do moving forward?
1: I want to. I want to see, and I haven't had a chance to do this. I want to see. Did the play calls change?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to see. Were they running the same stuff or not? Because Trask was getting rid of the ball really quickly. He knew where he wanted to go with the ball. Um, I don't. I don't think they weren't interested in running him as much as they run Felipe. I don't think they did as many RPO type of things as they did with Felipe. So I do think the play calls changed a little bit when Trask went in. The question I was to answer your question, I thought he was amazing. I, I, I was I could not have been more impressed with Kyle Trask and frankly more surprised. Um, the question though is is that's to run that throughout a season, you need this run game to pick up. right.
0: The run game has been bad, and a lot of that's the offensive line has been very ineffective.
1: right and and so if this is the direction. If it's Kyle Trask the rest of the season, which it looks like it's going to be, um, then you've this is a different conversation than what we had in the offseason. The offseason it was, listen, I'm not worried about the run game because it's a bunch of RPO stuff and what they're wanting to do. Now you've got to have, you have to have that run game with Kyle Trask as your quarterback for him to do what he did the other night because Kentucky didn't really have time to adjust. And to be honest, they had a lead. They were laid back a little bit.
0: Let me ask you this: We talked about Kyle Trask being a McElwain guy. Is Kyle Trask the kind of guy that can run Mullen's system? Do whatever I, I mean, I Mullen think wants the, to do.
1: I think the fact that they put him over in over Emory answers that question, and it's a yes. Because if he if he couldn't, then I can't imagine why they wouldn't have put Emory Jones in. Yeah, because in, it's Emory, not like you're
0: right. Trask doesn't have a lot more experience. No,
1: no. So I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on. Brian Johnson and Dan Mullen here, Brian Johnson, the quarterback coach at at Florida, they chose to put Trask in as the true backup for a reason. And I got to think that reason is they felt like the offense was more effective and it gave them a better chance to win with Kyle Trask than what it did with Emory Jones. And,
0: you know, what's interesting, and again, we'll have to see, like you said, how the playbook develops, but the bubble screens, the passes into the flat, those weren't working on Saturday night. You know what was working in the fourth quarter? Giving Van Jefferson the ball 15 yards downfield. Yeah, Throwing the ball downfield to Trevon Grimes. Throwing the ball downfield to Tyree Cleveland. That's what was working in the fourth quarter. And maybe Kyle Trask can do more of that than what they want to do with Felipe, which was more of the, the short intermediate stuff and the quarterback runs and that sort of thing. Now, Dan Mullen earlier this week said Emory Jones is still going to be involved as well. There could be certain situations where Trask and Emory are on the field at the same time. You've been a high school coach. You've been a high school coordinator. You obviously, like we said, trained quarterbacks today. How would you deal with that situation of, obviously there's probably some hurt feelings with Emory Jones. No doubt. But he's still going to have to be a part of what the Gators are doing moving forward. That's going to be a a tough balance for Dan Mullen to keep, I think.
1: It is. This is where – this is why Dan gets paid as much as he gets paid. Okay, first off, it does no good to have him on the field at the same time. Kyle Trask ain't like that. Like it's not it's not one of those situations where you're you are scheming because Kyle Trask may take off or run the ball and you're just looking for Emery as, hey, we want to get eyes over there. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that I don't unless Dan Olin gets insanely creative, I don't know that's happening. I think what we'll see is more Emory Jones packages. Right? Um, but to your point, hacker, is the focus has to be on the quarterback room, and, and going into this year, I made the comment on here several times, Florida had one of the best or has one of the best quarterback rooms in the country, meaning your starter, your backup, your third string, and what's coming in is significant. Nobody transferred, right? That could change like that now. Mm-hmm. If you don't find a way to get Emory Jones involved, and I haven't talked to Emory, and I haven't talked to, to his trainer, I haven't talked to anybody. This is just me purely speculating. Would it shock you if Emory hit the portal in a couple weeks?
0: No, it would not. Because, again, you know, I I think that there was real question as to who was going to come in for Franks. When Trask came in, That was like, oh, that's interesting. But then Trask performing the way he did, why would you take him out for the near future? He's going to be your guy moving forward. And I think he should be your guy moving forward based on what we saw Saturday night.
1: Listen, I I am dealing with this same thing at Auburn right now. The exact same thing at Auburn right now. Quarterback competition – Last minute goes the way of Bo Nix. Bo Nix has not played well, and they they stuck with Bo Nix, right? And, and Bo
0: Nix is a very popular last name at Auburn. Right,
1: right. And, and and I so I know because I I talk to Joe Joey three, four, five times a week. I, I know the pressure at that level and and what it takes to be a backup when you thought you were going to have the job, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, and it takes a special person to get themselves up and go through the days that these guys have to go through, starting at 6 o'clock in the morning and ending at 11 o'clock at night, knowing that I may be doing this for no reason because here I thought my opportunity was here. It takes a special person. Now, Joey Gatewood is that person. Joey is that special, and he's that focused. I don't know Emory well enough to know, is Emory that person? From what I've heard, he is, but I don't know that, but I do know this. Emory is hella talented, and they don't want to lose him. And so they're going to have to figure out a balance in the, in the hardest part of their schedule coming up. How do we want to keep him bad enough that we disrupt a game plan if it's going well to make sure he gets carries? And that answer is going to be no. But how do we how do we get a game plan that involves Emory that doesn't disrupt it? Does that make sense?
0: It does. No, it does. Yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be issues there. You're right. You don't want to lose a talent like Emory Jones. You don't want to lose a talent like Anthony Richardson who's committed to Florida for this upcoming class. I don't think
1: that's a risk. I, I really don't. I think the risk is Emory. Because if Emory all of a sudden is looking up and he's going to wait, I'm a shirt freshman, Felipe's coming back, and then he's here for a year at least, another year, maybe two, and then this Anthony Richardson kid who they love is coming in behind me, and then they've got Carlos Del Rio behind him, and the list goes on and on and on. Where do I fit? Am I getting squeezed? Here? Right. The Anthony Richardson thing, I don't I – don't, Think is, and I haven't had this conversation with Anthony, who also trained. I, I don't I don't think that's an issue.
0: All right, so now getting to the big picture. Florida's 3-0. and It's survive in advance. Did you play well against Kentucky? No. Um, did you maybe get out of there with a win that, in a game, Kentucky <laughs> may have played better than you in? Perhaps. But at the end of the day, you went on the road at night on national TV, primetime ESPN audience, and you won a football game. You're 3-0. and It's Tennessee week. This week, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, was one of the biggest games of the year. Tennessee week is just an afterthought now. It's a noon kick because the volunteers are just awful. You know, we've talked a little bit about this on XL Primetime. We'll obviously get more into it as the week goes on. But it just feels weird that it's Tennessee week, but it just feels like another conference game because this rivalry has lost so much. Because Tennessee, quite frankly, hasn't kept up their end of the bargain.
1: It's going to be interesting this week to see how Tennessee responds. Not Florida, but Tennessee responds. As Tennessee, I know Jeremy Pruitt, and he's an excellent motivator. Can he motivate this team to stick with him? And can he get them all going in a direction that says, look, guys, my job's on the line. We need to win one of these. Like a win over Florida does (laughs) huge things. For Tennessee, probably a win over Florida does more than any other game on the rest of their schedule. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, save Alabama, but that's not going to happen. That's not happening. Yeah.
1: Right? I, I, you can make the argument that Florida may be bigger from the aspect of, of, you know, it's early in the season and they need it right now to, to change the direction, the momentum of, of their program. I would be worried about Tennessee, and this is this – is, I'm going to circle back around to Kentucky with this. I would be worried about Tennessee if they come out highly motivated and ready to play football – and you jump on them, and they don't go away. Now, if you jump on them, you're going to find out how motivated they are. If you jump on them, you put 14 up quick. Do they go away and say, you know what, we stink, we're not playing this game, it's hot, I'm ready to go home, or do they keep fighting? Like, that's going to tell us a lot about Tennessee. A week ago, I wouldn't have said this. But I was also the same guy saying that I don't worry about Kentucky, I don't worry about Tennessee, I don't worry about South Carolina, I don't worry about Missouri, because the Gators are supposed to be a program that's not supposed to worry about them. Now it's obvious that we do.
0: Well, here's the thing, and I don't doubt that Tennessee and Jeremy Pruitt, the defensive mind that he is, is going to have some packages for Kyle Trask. They may confuse Kyle Trask. The Tennessee defense may do some good things on Saturday. I think that Tennessee offense is horrible. I just don't think they're very good at all. I watched them against BYU. I watched them for the most part against Georgia State. I I just, for the life of me, I can't imagine their offensive line controlling the line of scrimmage against the Gator defensive line. I think Garantano may get sacked five, six times on Saturday. Yeah, no,
1: I agree with you. We talked about this um, a ton. They're in a desperate situation, and desperation – for all of us, does one or two things. It crashes us or it makes us step our game up. Kind of think about Felipe Franks last year when he got benched, right? That that was the, the calling card. What is it going to do to Tennessee? Mm. You know, I mean, if, if, I have seen people in pure desperation do things that I never thought they could do and dig themselves out of it. I've also seen people in pure desperation completely lose their character and just say, bump it, I'm throwing it all away, right? So which – which way are you going to go, Tennessee? And I think that's that's what I'm waiting to see. It's not as much a Florida thing as it is a Tennessee thing at this point.
0: As we begin to wrap up again, today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. They're Northeast Florida's premier orthopedic physicians, providing an unparalleled level of care. Visit Southeast Orthopedic Specialists in Riverside, Ponte Northside, the Southside, Beaches, Fleming Island, and Saint Johns before. We make our Florida-Tennessee prediction and kind of things to look for, real quick. About sixty seconds. We got a big one on Saturday. LSU-Texas was big. Auburn-Oregon was big. a and clemson yeah, two pretty good programs. To me, the college football landscape really begins to take shape on Saturday night between the Hedges and Athens. Mm-hmm. The Fighting Irish, the Dogs, number three against number seven. Could it be a playoff elimination game? Probably might be for Notre Dame. It may be. For Georgia, I don't know. It's
1: not for Georgia. It's yeah. probably
0: not for Georgia, although a loss wouldn't wouldn't help them by any stretch of the imagination. What about Notre Dame and Georgia on Saturday night in Athens? Yeah,
1: there's two, there's two big games this week, and I'm actually going to that one. Oh, wow. I, I'm going to Athens for uh, Notre Dame and Georgia. I'm excited. I've actually never been to a game at Georgia. I've been there dozens of times, um, met with the coaches and stuff like that, but I've never actually been to a game. And so – um, I'm going my wife's a big Georgia fan she's excited uh, so it's Carson's having his official visit weekend Carson, Carson back yep and so we're we're gonna leave early Saturday morning and go so I'm excited to see it I think Georgia runs away with this thing um, I, I really do I, I, I think uh, I think Georgia is supremely talented against everybody on their schedule with the exception of Alabama who's not on their schedule right we're assuming in Atlanta right sure. we're assuming um, and that includes Florida they, they are. I mean, just look at the difference in the offensive lines in college football. If you have a smart quarterback and you have a good offensive line, you can do anything you want to
0: do. Now, uh, Georgia might have three first rounders on that offensive line.
1: Yeah, yeah. With they,
0: Andrew Thomas, Cade Mays, and Isaiah Wilson.
1: Yep, yep. And and you're yeah and. and the other two, by the way, may be top three rounds.
0: Right. Yeah, they <laughs> were. Yeah, All five of those guys will play in the league. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's crazy and what they the have. by the way,
0: three of their backups may play in the league, too, at some point. Yes,
1: you're right. The, the, interesting, the more interesting game to me in the SEC landscape is Texas A&M Auburn. Texas
0: and Auburn, A&M, Auburn. yeah.
1: Hey, you're going to learn a lot about both of those. For one of them, you're going to learn, okay, they're, this, ain't, this ain't it. This isn't their year. For the other one, they're about to get really overhyped. So that's going to be a very interesting contest on Saturday, but but no, I mean it. I love this time of year because you do. There is a game each week that kind of now says, "Hey, you know, this is for real or this is a pretender." Well, By the way, UCF is for real.
0: UCF looked great. They did. What I love about this weekend: Florida's at noon, Florida State, Louisville, three thirty, Georgia, Notre Dame's at eight. So if you want a local flavor, Texas you got A&M, a triple header. Auburn's at five, uh, five or six. I thought it was 3.30 on CBS. Oh Yeah, no, it's 3.30 on CBS. Is it? It's the first Dang. game before Georgia and Notre Dame because it's a doubleheader. That's ah. right, because Florida-Tennessee, usually you would think they would be the first game, but because Tennessee lost to Georgia State, they're the noon kick on ESPN. That circles nice. us back around to the Gators and the Volunteers. Your prediction, Florida and Tennessee on Saturday at the Swamp.
1: Thirty-one seventeen. Thirty one seventeen Florida. So
0: it's a game, you think.
1: I think it is. <laughs> I really think it is. Um I just I want to be more confident, but a couple injuries on the defensive line that, that you know, they say are minor, but we don't know. Um and not really knowing what Kyle Trask is and what he's gonna do in a full game. Yeah, I think thirty one seventeen in a game that Florida scores late to put it away.
0: That's probably about right. You know, I don't even want to I don't want to copy your score, so I'll go a little you bit. You can? I'll go 28-13, something <laughs> like that. I'll, I'll subtract a couple points. But but Vegas has it as a 14-point line. I agree with that. Yeah, I think, But but yeah. It, I think it's one of those games, Denny, where even though it might be a 7-point game or it might be a 10-point game, I don't know if we're ever going to truly get the sense Tennessee can win it. I agree. I just yep. think it might be close, and then like you said, a touchdown with like five minutes to go makes it seem a little worse than it really Let was. Let me
1: ask you something to, to wrap this up. Does Florida need to play well because, you're right, it's just survive and advance. But the two games that they've played, Miami, lucky to get out of there with a W. Very lucky. Kentucky, lucky to get out of there with a W. Now, the good teams find a way to win. The bad teams find a way to lose. I get that. Do they need to string together a couple dominant performances, or are you okay with just survive and advance?
0: In the way college football is today, if you're the Florida Gators, it doesn't matter if you win 50 to nothing or if you win 3 to 2. If you win, you will keep progressing in the polls and you will eventually find yourself in the playoff. Do I think Florida is going to the playoff? No. But I think the sexy points, the brownie points in college football is gone now if you're a team like Florida if you're because an SEC team, if yeah. you win all your games, yep. no matter how ugly they may look, if you have a zero in that loss column, you'll be in the playoff. By the way, let's not fool ourselves here. Tennessee, Towson. And then the pain might be coming Yeah. once we get into October. Yep. I mean, Auburn, LSU, South Carolina, Georgia, the gauntlet is on the horizon. If you're looking down that schedule tunnel, there's some problems ahead. Now, the next two stops, Tennessee and Towson, probably shouldn't be any problems. But once Auburn and LSU start showing up, then we're going to have a, a bit more of an issue, I believe. It'll be exciting. It will be. It'll be exciting. You hear Denny every night on the Sports Den on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. You get me on XL Primetime weekdays, noon to 3, again, on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, will do it again next week. Yes, we will. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites. Again, as always, presented by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists right here on the Florida Gator Podcast Network.